Hi guys, my name is Giselle Kowalski and I'm the digital marketing strategist here at Texas State University. You're listening to Office Hours and today we're talking to Dr. Mark Reynolds. I'm here with one of my interns. Can you please introduce yourself? Howdy y'all. I'm Tony Lopez and I was fortunate enough to get to speak to Dr. Mark Reynolds. Yeah, so how did that conversation go? What did you take away from it? All kinds of fun little advice. It was a very insightful conversation and I'm honestly really glad. It was really cool to hear from a professor's perspective. Yeah, yeah, and he had such an interesting journey too. We hope you guys enjoy the conversation between Tony and Dr. Mark Reynolds. Could you please introduce yourself and what you do here at Texas State? My name is Dr. Mark Reynolds, and I'm the director of opera theater here at Texas State University, which means I produce the operas, I stage direct the operas. As a program, I figure out how we're going to develop it and offer new courses. Anything that has to do with opera, that's my job at the end of the day. First question I have is, I want to find out if there's a quote you live by. Um, since you're on the spot here, I'll go ahead and share mine. What makes anything precious, especially life, is that it ends. For me, that's a motivator to take full advantage of everything I want to do. Do the things I would like to do, do the things I would love to do, tell the people that I love that I love them, etc. So I was wondering if you have some sort of mantra that you let guide you throughout your life. This is Einstein. He says, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Coming from Einstein, that's inspiring to me. Figuring out how to inspire passionate curiosity in a world where our education often is filling the right bubble is really, in my mind, the job of higher education, of how do we help students relearn how to recapture that passionate curiosity they have when they're a little kid. Wonderful. I'm very excited for this interview, not just as a student speaking to a teacher, but as an aspiring storyteller myself, talking to someone who I think many of your students at least would consider to be like a master of what you do, or at least someone who's constantly working and perfecting your craft. So I wanted to really get to the root of your story and how you have decided that this is what you want to do for your life. How does someone decide that they want to teach opera? What's your story there? <laughs> <laughs> I think for everyone, it's a, a slightly different road of getting here. It's a really small niche that is not something that American culture drives people towards. I actually started uh, when I was a kid. My dad was a physician. He's a surgeon. And so I traveled around hospitals with him, watched surgical videos. When I'm growing up, I'm going to be like my dad and be a surgeon. So I did my undergraduate stuff with that in mind. I got to my junior year of undergraduate and everything was great. Grades were fine. Life was fine. But I just wasn't happy with where I was, I wasn't happy with who I was becoming. It just didn't feel like the right fit. I'd had people along the way say, you have a gift at singing, you should consider that. I said, there's no way I can make a living off that. That's way too scary, I'd much rather do this. Long series of events happened really pretty quickly that said, no, you need to go that direction. So I did, it was January, classes had already started. I switched my major in the first week of class 100% and switched what I was doing. So then I did my undergraduate as a singer. And by the time of that, I was like, I'm close, but I'm not quite there yet. Still is not quite the right fit. I don't get the satisfaction out of performing like I should if I want to be a performer. And I had a mentor say, hey, you should try stage directing. So I gave it a try. They let me direct a few opera scenes. And I realized, ah, this is it. This is where I belong. This is what I love. This is everything that I want to be able to do. Then went to did grad school stuff. And so I did my master's and doctorate work in opera directing. How long have you been teaching here at Texas State? 
This is year number five. What is one thing that motivates you to keep teaching opera? It's an easy answer. It's the students. The students that are sponges and are, are passionately curious, I think you'd find almost any teacher, especially here in the music building, if there's those students, they'll bend ba over backwards. They'll do anything for those students because as a teacher, that's so gratifying to see growth. That's why, that's why we do what we do is to see that growth. That's awesome. Did you always know that you wanted to educate once you started sort of going down vocal performance slash opera as a career path? Or was the idea to get out and, and just make a career out of it? Yeah, so initially my goal was to become an opera singer and that changed with time. Uh, that option came up a few times of being able to really go down that road and see potential success. For me, the short version is A, I really love teaching. That's actually what I love most. The opera, the directing, that's great, but it's actually not what I care about most. And then secondarily is I do have a family. And so uh, I remember we had just had our first child and I was at a summer gig and my wife had called me up and like, oh, he just rolled over for the first time. I don't think I cry easily, but I did. I lost it. I was like, I'm missing the big moments of my children's childhood and if I do this career that's what it's going to be and so that had me really thinking about what do I care about most and then it ended up becoming a really easy decision. Where did you go to college and what did you major in? You already kind of briefly touched on this but elaborate a little bit more on like your educational path. Sure. I did my undergraduate degree at Brigham Young University in vocal performance, and then I went to UT for my master's program, and then it's really easy for a doctoral program because there's only one in the nation, and that's UT. What was the college experience like for you? So the short version is the college experience is obviously a lot of work. It's very stressful, but I found that as I focused on being passionately curious, not on the grade, if I focused on the grade, life was miserable. If I focused on just learning, then the grade happened organically. And I also found that I learned one of my favorite lessons uh, in grad school from one of the teachers there. She's like, the only way to survive and to be productive is to do at least something on every part of your to-do list every day. So even if that's just, if you're supposed to memorize an opera, today I'm just going to crack the binding. If that's all I can do today, then I'm gonna at least do that. That's been kind of a mantra of, of life when we're trying to juggle so many different things all at once. What are you most proud of in your career? When I was still in my doing my doctoral work to direct The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat, which is a modern opera based on some writings by a, a psychologist. It's small. We did it in a church as a minimalist kind of version over the summer, part of a festival, um, a chamber music festival. It was my proudest moment because when I looked up on stage, I had every single character completely authentic. They were they were so into their character. They're so authentic. It felt so genuine in a way that I'd never seen before. The audience reacted. Uh, they were able to fully engage with this story. There's nothing that brought them out of the story. There was nothing that was distracting. They just pulled them right into that story. And that was a moment where when you stand up and you have people walking out wiping their eyes with tears and you're wiping your eyes too that is kind of why we do what we do and so that i think would probably be the proudest moments what's a lesson that took you a long time to learn when you were at college this is becoming a theme of our conversation but really to stay focused on connection with people not on product so that it's all about creating a valuable process and then the product will take care of itself. You know, and I want to see this product, I want to see this turn out. Uh, it took me a while, and I still have to relearn that on a regular basis of, you know, just let that go, focus on where you are, and making meaningful connections and making a meaningful moment. If you could give me, I'm a sophomore in college, any piece of advice, what would you tell me? Any student that comes in the door is willing to listen for advice, I say take a grant writing class. 
Because if you can write grants and get money that way, you can do any show you want to do. You aren't going to be beholden to someone else offering you a role. You say, no, I'm going to start my own opera company and I know how to write grants and here's the money. This is the role that I want to perform. I'm going to perform it. This is the director I want to work with. Here's the We're going to hire them and bring them in. Number two is I actually know a lot of performers where they get their first break by being part of a company because they can write grants. And they're like, I can also perform. Someone drops out and they're like, we don't have anyone else. You want to do it? And they rock it. And then they start building their career that way. It's a way to put your get your foot in the door. Number two thing is the thing I was saying before, and that is let go of the grade. I remember being an undergraduate and having a professor tell us as voice majors that there, were, there are going to be times where you're going to need to choose to get a C in another class. I thought, no. Um, I had... I have perfectionist, perfectionistic <laughs> tendencies. And so I was like, anything less than an A is not acceptable. But it really did change um, my pers perspective of focusing on the learning and not on getting the grade. If you are walking into the classroom and you're worried about what grade you're gonna get and how you're gonna do that, then you're, it's, the brain's not in the right spot to be ready to learn. If we give everything 110%, there's nothing left. Um, and we're burnt. You're speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> I'm, this is really good stuff. Do you have a favorite memory teaching here at Texas State? So one of my favorite memories is actually being post-graduation with a few of the students that were freshmen here when I started. They were the ones that I got to see all the way through the process for the first time. And in, in what we do, we become really close with our students. I remember uh, as the semester came to an end, I felt like I was losing my own children. That's probably one of my favorite moments because I was so proud of what they had done and what they accomplished. We've been talking a lot about personal connectivity and just the ability to be vulnerable. So how would you, what advice would you give to someone, not only as like a storyteller, but as a person who's struggling to find the courage to just try? I'm gonna say breathe. It sounds overly trite, but if people actually take a moment just to take a deep breath and calm that, that nervous system back down. Going back to previous question, I think that'd be something that I wish I would have learned earlier. What's a piece of advice you find yourself telling your students time and time again? So in this super competitive environment where we have people doing stuff um, and being competitive for roles and a host of other things, there becomes this obsession with how do I do all the right things to be the most competitive, to win the role, to do, to do this or that. The surprising thing is, and what they often don't want to hear or we don't want to hear, is the real answer is be a responsible, good human being and you'll probably get get what you're wanting. Show up, be there on time, do your work. Don't be a jerk to other people. Actually be pleasant to work with. They're like, wait a minute, it's not about how pretty my voice is? Yeah, that's down on my list. That is not at the top of the list here. Yeah, you need to have that, right, on some level. But a bunch of people are gonna have that. That's not, that's, I will actually cast someone who's got a less impressive voice if they have these characteristics and something else. And I think uh, in our education system, we forget to teach teach the human say no let's just focus on being a good human being and that's what's going to lead to success that's awesome excellent thank you so much for having this conversation with me My i feel pleasure. enlightened now <laughs> well, <laughs> i feel thank you. <laughs> and that's not a hyperbole that no. i truly mean that this is this has been an excellent and very insightful conversation i'm very grateful that, that you allowed me to speak with you thank you so much i appreciate it it's been a good time Thank you so much for listening to Office Hours with Tony and Dr. Mark Reynolds. Um, Tony, you want to say bye? Uh, bye, y'all. Slay hard. And 
Love Boko. Go Bobcats. Go Bobcats. <laughs>